But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something. You did, you did, a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. You do need to ex execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. And that's what we do here on this show. This is the 9x9. It is Tuesday, August 16th. This is episode 38. My name is Rob St. Clair. That is Everett DeLorme. And you are tuning into the best 81 square meters of volleyball coverage on the internet. I've had a whole two weeks. It's been two weeks uh, since we've done the last show. I've had a whole two weeks of doing pretty much nothing. Uh, Everett is quite the opposite. Uh, Everett was just in Gatineau, Quebec for the Pan Am Cup. Everett, you've had a very eventful week. So we took off last week. We are back uh, and we're ramping up towards the World Championships. But first, Everett, I want to hear all about your Pan Am Cup experience. Before we, before we jump into the results... Which we will. Yes. And I, I know Ronnie's waiting for us to jump into the results in the chat. Of course, of course he is. But just tell me about the tournament. Tell me about the event. Uh, I mean, the event, you know, it, it, it was a typical Pan Am Cup. Um, poorly attended, poorly, poorly marketed by Volleyball Canada. I think <laughs> um, saying we had maybe like seven or 800 people there for the, like the finals. Like not even like, you know, like any, any, any day of the game. was the Finals was that Canada was playing in. That, that Canada was playing in, yeah. Um, it sounds like they didn't get much help from marketing from this city and the city of Gatineau was supposed to and all of this yada, yada, yada. Um, I mean, all in all, it was it was a pretty good event. A good event. Um, let's be honest. I'll go right into pleasing Ronnie right away. There was only one team who was ever going to win this event and ever going to come close to to winning this event, and it was Cuba. Um, you know, Cuba was the only A team. USA, USA, and Canada both sending B teams. Brazil sending their U twenty one team. Right, so just not a lot. Of, and then once once you get down to Puerto Rico, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Chile. Um, there's just not that much quality there. Uh, I, although I will have to say I was impressed by Puerto Rico, was impressed by, by Mexico, Chile as well. Dominican Republic was, you know, kind of is what it was. The Brazilian team was, was really, really young. They ended up going, owing everything, losing yeah, to they, everyone. They were rough. They, they, they were, they were, they were really rough, but, um, you know, it was a beautiful, uh, brand new venue with the slush puppy center, uh, in, worst in thing I've ever heard. It might even be worse than little Caesars arena in Detroit or, yeah, I mean, I mean, slush dinner. puppies, slush puppy. Do, do you guys have slush puppies in, in kind in of, but they're an East coast thing. I, I know what they are, but it's not okay. just not a good sounding thing to name a sports arena. <laughs> Well, I mean, the anyway. slush puppy, slush puppy is based in Gatineau. They're like head, head, like headquarters is like down the street. Uh, so that that that, but beautiful, brand new arena. It's a great size for volleyball. Like I hope we we go back there uh, again. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know what, Rob? Uh, after what VNL was, this is kind of like it was it was just another event and actually talking to some of the coaches at one point in, in on from the Canada side, we'd be like, what do we tell people this event is? Because it's it's not a Norseka <laughs> question, right? It's 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 not a Norseka event. It's technically a a this one was a qualifier for the next Pan Am Games, but the the Pan Am Cup is an event that happens both on the men's and women's side every summer. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it it was it was pretty good. It was great to see on the Canada side of things. I haven't seen a B team be that good in that long in in, in a long time. And the last time I've seen a B team be be that good, I'm probably looking back to 2012, and we're talking about names like you know Jay Blank and now Stephen Marshall, Rudy Verhoof, um, Nick Hogue was was on that team. Like that was really the start, like one of the, the the first steps of what the national team was kind of in in the in the, 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 the going forward. But yeah, all all in all, it was a it was a fairly fairly good event. Well, uh, you talked about Canada finishing with very, very much a B team. Uh, silver medal. Yes. Pretty nice performance from them. Uh, we'll talk about the semifinals in a minute, and I'll, I'll give you your opportunity to talk some trash. But first, we do have to service Ronnie Cuban Spike, who's in the YouTube chat right now. Uh, also, if you're watching and you're not Ronnie Cuban Spike, I would love to see some slightly more friendly names <laughs> in the YouTube chat. So uh, ask us questions. Uh, help us steer the conversation. Um, Away from Cuba. Away from Cuba, but we do have to talk about the fact that Cuba comes in and wins this tournament. They were obviously the favorites. They were the best team that brought their A-team, and they pretty cleanly destroyed Canada in the finals, 25-17, I mean, 25-17. I mean. 
they destroyed everyone. Right? They, they, they destroyed everyone. I don't think and they dropped a set the whole tournament. If I'm not they, they didn't, right? And that there was no point that they ever stressed either, right? Even even in the third set, right, you see 25-23. And I mean, Canada was up by six at one point. Goide, their, their setter went down. They had to bring in their backup. There was a little bit of, you know, commotion. I thought, hey, maybe this is our chance to, to pounce. I really wanted that young Canadian team to unlock the next level of Cuban intensity. You know, because it was clear that they were just coasting through the game. And I really wanted those guys to unlock to feel like what that next level of of an international team like that would have been. Um, but let's, you know, this Cuban team, I think, is primed to make a big impact at the World Championships, Rob. If well, they can, are if they, they can... though? Because it seems to me like just from playing this Pan Am Cup and the, challenge, the FIVB Challenger Cup that they won a couple weeks ago, it seemed like that's been kind of costly for them. And I want Ronnie to help me confirm with this. They, they seem to have sustained some pretty real injuries just by playing these last couple events. I heard, uh, what's the other middle's name? Uh, 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 Alonso. Alonso. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I heard that Alonso got hurt. Uh, Simone like, cut his hand or something and didn't play the whole tournament. Uh, yeah, Mar- well, Marlon Yant barely saw the floor the whole tournament. Like, I, and then knew, I heard Michael Sanchez Simone. stepped away from the team or for some reason chose not to go to world championships. So, uh, Ronnie, help, help us confirm this. But, and then Koide, uh, the setter that you talked about, they lost a ton of key players. Yeah, but it, like it's did. it's not as dramatic as you seem. It, first, okay. first and foremost, Simone like had 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 to get stitches on his finger was out like before the tournament even yeah, even yeah. started. I mean, there was even a bit of a a thing going into the match because he was actually marked down as Cuba's second libero for this tournament, and then of course <laughs> their secret just allowed him to be you know reclassified right before the finals as a middle. So you know that's technically not legal, but hey, you know it 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 is what it is. Um, so there's Simone. I mean, yet. Uh, like talking to Ronnie, he's been kind of in and out with, uh, uh, you know, in, in and out in a while. Um, I did see that like Alonso was was in there for the semifinals uh, against Chile. wasn't in there in, there in the finals. They had my, Michael Sanchez uh, down in the middle. Um, you know, Concepcion wasn't there. It looks like he was out with uh, uh, with COVID. But I like even go who did going down. Like I don't. I don't see any of these being like big time. And let's be honest, when it comes down to Yant, Yant isn't a starter on this Cuban team. I'll be the first one to say he's he's somehow not. he's but he's not because you you have like you've got Lopez who's a much better left side, who's a much better cannon overall than Yant. And then Nalgarejo is much more consistent. He's a much better, he's a much better passer. He's probably the best passer, passer that Cuba has. And he's he's very consistent, especially out of system. In, especially in that P2 position, I would take Malgarejo any any day over, over Marlon Yant. And yeah, uh, was Neil Malgarejo uh, MVP at the tournament. And yeah. I, I really thought that he was their third outside hitter. No, he's 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 100% a starter for them, with without a doubt in my mind. He's also just, he's a very calm presence on the court around a lot of emotionality on the, on that Cuban team, especially when you don't have Robert and Landy Simone on it to kind of calm things down. He's just kind of a, an, an oasis of calmness for that, for that Cuban team. So absolutely. I think they're going to go with man Yanton or sorry, Lopez and Melgarejo uh, heading into world champs. But I think this is a team that, that could do some damage. Uh, I hit 50% efficiency on the tournament. Like yeah, that. that's, like, that's, like, that's efficiency. And I mean, at the at the if, end of the day, like if, if, they were your competition. Sure. They were they were head and uh, like head over heels above everyone. It it, it wasn't even close. They, as I said, they weren't stressed at, at any point. Um, but you know well, what? Here's, Rob, here's I, my question. Ever. I have a question. Since you were there, you kind of got the feeling of this. And yeah. Ronnie chiming in the chat. Cuba's played a lot of volleyball these past couple weeks, month or so. They didn't have VNL. They took a lot of time there, but then they've really hit the ground running these past couple weeks. But like you said, there wasn't really a moment where we wanted there to be a moment. There kind of wasn't one because I was watching the streams on Volleyball Canada's YouTube channel. We wanted this Cuban team to be forced to unlock that next competitive level. It never really seemed like they ever had to do that. So with, without having ever to really reach a world championship level of intensity and with the injuries that they sustained this tournament and then in Challenger Cup, I mean, was it, even, was it worth it to bring the A team to this event? I don't think they have an opportunity. I don't think they have a choice, right? This is Cuba. They don't have a second team. Right. And the reality is, is that Cuba was in Canada much longer before this event. 
and Ronnie said it in the chat, it's better to go to Canada and train in Canada and play an event than it is go back to train in Cuba, right? The the facilities that Canada has to provide uh, throughout all of that is way more than Cuba ha- has to provide, right? So 100%, it's, it's, it's way better. Like Cuba isn't a traditional national team. I mean, Ronnie talked about it when we did uh, our podcast together. Like there's no B team. Right. This is the A team. Like this, there's there's the A team and that's it. Right. There's there's no B team. There's no, you know, there's there's junior teams and, and, and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um it, it it absolutely is to uh, worth it to bring to bring this team to this event, you know? Um otherwise, like they're just gonna be at home in in the gym training against each other. And like, yeah, that's that's it. And like they they, they didn't like let's be honest, like They've played a lot recently, but nothing more like n- nothing compared to what VNL was for any of the other teams at the right. World Championships, right? Like the travel schedule of having to play what was it like Norseco Final Six and then that Challenger Cup and then oh, I guess it's like a few events now. So that's that's a lot of travel, but still, uh, I don't I don't I don't really see an issue with it. Question in the chat says, do you guys think that Cuba can pull off a like a VNL 21, 2021 Slovenia? sort of performance that they got all the way to the semifinals i i mean that's projecting all the way to next year's vnl i think you're probably asking more about world championships and we're going to break that down on next week's show and we get a little bit more clarity over who's healthy who's not who's going who's not but the the thing for me for cuba and i think we kind of talked about it after they won challenger cup they have the couple of giant arms like world-class caliber arms that you need to contend at a world championships the question is can it can they control the ball and do they have any any experience against real like world championship level competition here recently and the answer to that one is definitely not like, no. definitely not with this no. tournament or with challenger cup they are going to be jumping but, in, jumping in world championships at a significantly higher level but this is this is cuba like let me just remind you that this is cuba like I know they haven't been around for the past decade, but like Rob, I think, you know, me as a Canadian fan, you as an American fan, we need to watch what's going on because Cuba, I think is here to play. Like, like we, too. we, we are, we are going to see top level of Cuba again. Like we did in the nineties, like we did in the two thousands. Um, and like this, like their, their, their pool is Brazil, Japan, and Qatar. They place, they, they kick off first game of world championships is, is Cuba versus Brazil. You don't think that they've had that highlighted in their calendar for a long time. The Cuba Brazil was one of the most storied, like I'm sorry, Cuba Brazil outlasts USA versus Brazil. Like Cuba Brazil is way more fiery, way more passionate than, than USA Brazil. I know you're going to think championship 2010 I, finals. I, yeah, ex- exactly. But like, even like, some of the most epic volleyball matches of all time have been like going like what's that one in the nineties, like uh, Pan Pan Am games finals. That was in Brazil. Like those are absolutely monsters. So I honestly could see Cuba going into that pool and coming out three and oh, right. Like if they can, if they can dominate from the baseline, if you have Lopez, if you have, you have Lopez and Simon and, and Mel Guerrero all bombing from the baseline and Herrera, Herrera as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, Granted, they could go. They could go one and two, right? Let's be honest; they're going to beat Qatar regardless. They could, and they could go one and two. But I could also see that team going three and zero in pool play and and going on on a very deep run. I, I could see it. Like if there's one team that you know we talked about it last week. If there's one team maybe that could or not last week, sorry, the week before the last show, if there's one team that could pop into that top four. I think Cuba of all the teams in the tournament has the most upset possibility. I think they do too. I'm still really, really concerned about those two things. Like I said, ball control and not having played competition at this level since pre-pandemic. But they have the talent. I think the potential is there. And we'll talk about it as we uh, really break down the World Champs pools next week. Everett, tell me about this Canada B team. Tell me about this Canadian B team. You were there. You saw a lot of new guys get in the mix. There were a lot of questions about some like who exactly was being used as different parts of the pipeline, even at different positions. We saw the return of both Ketchinsky characters, uh, Xander and Cole. Uh, we saw a lot of Brody Hofer, which was awesome. We saw Justin Louie, Mark Wilson, like a couple of VNL we guys. We literally saw everyone. Like yeah, every, every, everyone on that Canadian roster came in and had an impact at, at some point. Um, and, and, and as I said, through and through, this might be one of the most talented B teams I've ever seen. Um, 
and there's some serious potential. I think uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of coming out parties. First and foremost, first guy I have to shout out on this team is going to be the guy uh, with the plaque sitting in front of him and with the trophy being in front of him. That's going to be captain and uh, starting setter Luke Herr. I haven't posted yet, but I did an interview with Luke. And Luke comes out of the University of Manitoba. And this is his first foray really into Team Canada Volleyball never on any junior rosters never never on anything coming up but he's been playing pro the past few years had a really good season this past year in Hershing came out for a tryout and blew everyone away now I originally thought that Luke Kerr was filler in the program I thought hey he's a guy he's been out there playing pro you know he's going to be a good guy to have in the gym but we have all of these studs coming up through the pipeline although I did also previously think that Matthias Elser was a setter but I'll talk about that in in a little <laughs> bit because there's no way that he's gonna be playing setter from now on like Absolutely not. From what I've seen, Matthias Elster is not a setter anymore. Sorry, guys. Um, but I was absolutely blown away by Luke's first and foremost setting ability. He sets these pillowy soft balls and has the ability to understand the cadence and trajectory and, and, and speed in which his hitter comes in with. And just has this ability to float it in there so it just momentarily hangs in place for guys to absolutely pound it. He's a big guy. He's good blocker, a big server, plays well on defense. He's calm, cool, and composed. And I'm not going to lie to you. I swear to God, like Benjo is going to have a hard decision. He already has a hard decision with the three setters that Canada has between Jay Blank and now Brett Walsh and now Derek Epp. But there's no way that from after what I've seen, Luke Kerr can't be in that mix. And I mean, we he and I did talk on Monday while my, my uh, tire was getting repaired because I did pop a tire uh, coming out on uh, – trying to leave on on sunday night and he wasn't telling me anything but he kind of alluded to that too that luke her was making those decisions difficult moving forward so that's that's the first guy that that good good for him i'm I'm concerned about the fact that he's 28 years old and uh, behind him is a very young and higher upside and more familiar with the system Derek epp so i personally don't mean let's be honest let's be let's be honest still still ahead of him Right. Oh, yeah. Epps still with, with that A team, and, and he'll and he'll be going to world championships for sure. Five right? years younger, yeah. huge advantage. So moving um, on, who else were you impressed by? Uh, as I said, dude, Matthias Elser is not a setter, right? <laughs> and I know that. Like, so Rob, if I had told you that uh, VNL was Matthias Elser's first real foray as a left side in his entire life, would you believe me? Kind of. I mean, the the whole Trinity Western system that they ran this year was really only half outside hitter at most. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't call that but, a real foray. So, but he so last year when he was with the the U twenty three team in Mexico, a bunch of the guys got COVID, um, and they had to throw him into left side, and that was his first time ever playing left side. He's always been a setter through club, through all of that, and had never really like he'd never really served receiver anything like that, but. This is the first time really this summer is where he's been training as a left side and training as an outside hitter. And I'm telling you, this guy is an outside hitter. He reminds me of a better version of Mikhail Kubiak. He is so skilled. He passes so well. He bomb serves from the A-side. He might hit the one of the best big balls in the world. And I'm telling you, you're going to see this from my highlights. He is so good coming from, from the back row. I have no problem saying that he was hands down Canada's best left side throughout the week. And there's a lot of them, right? Like Sam Cooper came in at many times. Bomb balls was huge in the five-set win against Brazil. We saw Cole Ketrzynski come in. Absolutely massive coming in off the bench, helped Canada to that reverse sweep over over the U.S. in the semifinals. Huge for him, especially against that American squad where he kind of got left off the UCLA UCLA, uh, team um, this year. Logan House is another one who was absolutely lighting things up for uh, for this team down in Mexico earlier. Uh, Just got off COVID, though, so he's he's still kind of coming back from that. But Matthias Elser was so steady and and so good for, for them on the left side. And he's going to be a left side from now on. He's going to go back and set for Trinity Western this year, because that's what he needs to do at Trinity Western. But moving forward, he's going to, he's going to be a left side. And I have, I have no doubt about that. Looking in the middle, that's where things get so tasty for me. Xander Ketrzynski, Cole's old, Older, uh, older brother by a year. If you remember, fueled Ryerson to that win over UCLA back in 2019 at the at the at the Pan, uh, the Can-Am uh, Holiday Classic. But has been a monster on the right side. Has everyone knew he's going to be on the right side. He's a middle now. Like what I saw from him in the middle, how aggressive he is, how 
like his offensive levels are already at an international level and it's just he needs to get that that blocking part of it but this is a guy with a very very high volleyball iq and who's played a lot of volleyball in his life and he's going to get there and I, he may be the first canadian middle to play in italy oh wait never mind we have arthur schwartz i completely take that back but he <laughs> he has he has italy potential like he has arthur schwartz italy potential uh in in the middle and the scary thing is opposite to him so does jordan snitzer both of those guys are going to be going to play for Loomberg and Jordan Sitzer is, is huge in the middle. So it's, there's, there's, as like I said, there's so much talent on this team. It's, it's like, we haven't even talked about the right sides. Obviously Brody Hofer was unreal, but Jordan Canham, like you couldn't, couldn't keep Canham off the court. And he was so clutch at, at certain points as, as well too. So there's just, there's so much to to look at in this Canadian team. And I was so happy to get to, to see them play because this is truly going to be the this is this is 2028 Paris. That's that's what this team is right now. That's that that's LA uh, 2028. Sorry, LA. You're right, Everett. I I am I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you have positive vibes about Team Canada's program and pipeline after uh, finishing 15th place at Volleyball Nations League. But oh my goodness, dude, you cannot step in here and tell me that Matias Elser is a better Mikhail Kubiak and one of the best big hitters in the world. That is whoa, 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 whoa. truly well, I never said that. that is delusional. That's crazy, and you got you got to temper those expectations, man. Uh, I for once I agree with Ronnie. You're 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 letting your your heart and your Canadian homerism uh, go on a little too much of a roll here. So I need you to relax and remember that this is not the team going to World Championships. It's going to get smoked in their pool. So I'm happy. I, don't, I don't I don't I don't think we're going to get smoked in our pool. Happy that's, that's for a you. You for, did for re- next you week. reverse swept the USA. Great, whatever. People were tagging me in Discord, talking trash because the USA lost. We got reverse swept. Who cares? This is a B team at a Mickey Mouse tournament. Nobody cares. Uh, this, this tournament is insignificant to me. And I, I, Ronnie made a point earlier that I also agree with, and that's that the USA team that played this same tournament, or it was either this or Norseka's in like 2019, they lost to Cuba in the finals. That B team was better than this Canadian B team. And I'll, I'll stand by that too. I guess we'll have to see. I mean, that was that B team featured like guys who had been playing pro. Right, like it featured Brendan Sander, like TJ DeFalco. That was a pretty, that was a pretty nasty. Did they have Ensing on the right side? I think they did. Yep. Yeah. So that that I mean, hey, that was a pretty nasty B team. I I I will give you that. I mean, I I won't lie. If like, I was disappointed in watching the United States play, just because as soon as like like. I know they put up like they took Cuba to five at, at the Mexico final six uh, a, a few months ago. Sani was their guy on the right side who was putting up like 20 point games. He didn't even sniff the court. He didn't even touch the court. It, it, it was so weird. As soon as Haynes and, and Gasman showed up, that's who they went to. And that's all who they went to. And that's ultimately why we ended up beating you guys in the, in the semifinals is because come, come to the third set, we were rotating guys in and giving guys different looks. And Gasman and, and Haynes were just getting tired. That's, that's really what it was because they weren't using anyone else. Give me, uh, I'll, I'll give you my takes on USA from afar. I want to see how you felt yeah, about yeah. them from, from up close. Uh, Ronnie seems to be impressed by Jake Haynes from this event. Uh, I, I, there's just nothing that can ever be done on. How? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How? There's just nothing that can be done on a stat sheet or on or on the court or based on the eye test. I will never believe in Jake Haynes. I think he's a waste of a roster spot by now. Uh, I I did think Pat Gaspin played pretty well. Uh, I I wish that he had got. Pat Gaspin was the best was the best American player by now. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, people asking about James Shaw. I know he was there, but he got hurt very early match one of the tournament right match match one if you go back into my video it's the, the one usa video that i have posted right now you'll see it him and, and Haynes get a little uh, t- uh tied up Haynes falls in him kind of hits his head and he got subbed out and we didn't see shaw uh the rest of the tournament yeah, wasn't so, even warming up warming right, up so, from that and we know that he has a bit of a concussion history as well too so that's so that, that, that answers those questions in the chats shaw was supposed to be the starting setter the whole tournament he got hurt very early match one so we all was he though that was Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you think so? Totally, yeah. Okay. Uh, he was definitely going to be the starting setter the whole tournament, but then they were... It, it was it was Isaacson that started match number one, albeit that was against the Dominican Republic, so can't really say if that was... You know what what they were what they were going right. with. I like Quinn Isaacson. Uh, he's little, uh, but he sets a really good ball. I think based on how young he is, I think he's got a place in the USA pipeline. Uh, a lot of outside hitters that I saw get time: uh, Jacob Pasture, Caleb Jenis, 
Uh, who else? Yeah, Brett Wildman. Kyle McCauley I didn't think was quite as good. Uh, but a handful of those other guys, great. Get them all some looks, see if they can uh, play out there against Cuba and receive serve and survive. I thought that was a trial by fire, good as anything. And uh, what do you think of Mason Briggs? Because he played every point of every game. We didn't see Gage Worsley once. Yeah, no, Briggs is hands down the start on the, on that team. And I mean, Gage, I agree. Yeah. Gage joined that team like a week before, been playing grass tournaments the entire time. So you could just tell he wasn't in, he wasn't in indoor form and he wasn't in indoor shape, uh, let's say. But I was very impressed with Mason Briggs. And I wasn't, let's, there's, I wasn't really overall with the entire U.S. team uh, overall. I was very impressed by Jacob Pastura, the fact that he's going into his junior year and he's hitting some of the shots that he's already hitting. He's really young. He's, and he's, he's really explosive. He's really explosive, really young. We're going to see how he matures, especially like in, in serve receive and on defense. But there's a few out of system balls that he's hitting from behind his shoulder that he's cutting hard cross four to four. That's an absolutely ridiculous shot. Like just absolutely unreal. Uh, so I think I think he has serious potential. Um, we've already talked about Gasman. Isaacson was I I really liked Isaacson and I saw I thought he set a perfect a, a very well game for very good game for what he had, um, but yeah Mason Briggs, I could see it I, I I really can he just has that level of detail and execution that I really like from a libero, um, he, he does make a few like jaw dropping plays but other than that he's just steady he's constantly communicating he's constantly working with his other teammates so I, I was I was a big fan of of what I saw from Mason Briggs. I am. I can confirm that Mason Briggs is now in Italy with the senior team as they lead up that to World Championships. Whatsoever. And so he got on a plane straight from uh, Ottawa Gatineau ish and flew over to Europe and is with the team. I I don't. I can't confirm that he'll be on the final fourteen man roster, but he is over there. And uh, I agree with you. From what I've seen, I think he's definitely the the future of the American libero position, just because he's young enough and is going to get enough time that uh, he'll get pro-level experience than when Eric Shoji chooses to hang him up, which hopefully is never. Uh, but maybe Mason Briggs, w- he could be the guy in 2028 if Shoji doesn't want to play that long. Uh, we'll see. If I'd still, like, I, I, I don't know what's wrong with D'Agostino. I've, from what I've seen from D'Agostino over the years, he's, he's fine. He's, he's fine. He's, fine. But he's, I, just, he's just older. He's, I think he's, like, 27. But, yeah, I do see that, like, it seems that, like Briggs at least has the attitude that I want to see from someone who could be, you know, a USA, a team USA level libero, right? And and then that's that's kind of want to see of him of that group. Uh, I truly only see him and Pasteur having long term potential. Maybe uh, McHenry in the middle, but I think someone said it best, and I'm just gonna in, in the Discord said it best. But McHenry is a is a mix of Chen and Yezi and me. Right. And you just on a point to point basis, you don't know what you're going to be able to, you're, you know, what we're going to get. He was really impressive early on, hit a few big balls, but by the end of the tournament, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, featured at all. It was Izionu who somehow got uh, one of the like all star awards, even though he only came in in like the semis and like played yeah. like the semis and bronze medal game, but whatever. We're not going to talk about that. And also, yeah, Ronnie, the sense. fact that Ronnie, we're going to talk specific, specifically to you that the fact that you have any time for Jake Haynes in this, it makes me seriously yeah, question any about? any of your volleyball integrity at this point. Like, what, like, what are you talking about? Jake Haynes has one thing that's the international volleyball level, and that's size. size. He doesn't move like an international volleyball player, and he doesn't think like an international volleyball player either. He tipped a ball under the net late in one of the games that I was watching that was one of the most embarrassing plays I've ever he, seen. And then, like, granted, he did get so much volume. Like, it was just at, at a certain point, like, just watching the U.S. play, like, especially against Cuba, especially against, like, us late. Like, I was sitting with some of the, the A-team guys when we were watching the, the U.S., like, kind of crumble. And it was just, like, set something, someone else, do something else. Like, there was no change to to the game plan. Like, they didn't adjust anything. They just kept on going with, with what they had been doing before. And it it it, uh, it, it didn't really work. So, yeah, I would have loved to see Sandy get in there. I know he lit things up in Mexico earlier in the summer. He's younger, you know, like they're kind of the, the very much the same player from what I saw, but I have no time at all for anyone saying at all that Jake Kane should be on the A team because he just, he just frankly should not be. 
I mean, think about the American opposite position right now. You have Matt Anderson probably until Paris and then not afterwards. Then you immediately get Gabby Garcia Fernandez. And uh, alongside him and approximately the same age, you have Kyle Ensing and Kyle Russell. All four of those guys will always, always, always be better than Jake Haynes. So, like, why, why, are, we, <laughs> why are we bothering giving this guy playing time ever? No, yeah, the, the, the reality is, and, like, even some Gassman, I wonder why he's on that team. Like, to me, Pat Gassman should be on the A team. He should be com- 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 competing for time. He didn't even get a sniff this year, right? They played Tyler Mitchell more than they played Pat Gassman. I wonder, really, if John Sparrow has something against that shorter, stockier style of middle. Because we've seen Taylor Avril with the same 6'10". thing. Gassman's 6'10". I mean, Gassman's massive. He's just uh, definitely yeah, he just slow doesn't, he does, yeah. he He's slow laterally, but he still closes the block pretty well. Yeah, he's I, so I, effective. I like he's Gassman. So, I think he's oh, a really good I do player. Too. He serves the ball well. I'm, I'm, I am advocating for Gasman on the national team. Yeah. Like that's, that's this. I was like, for me, it's it's a waste to have both of these athletes with this group, right? And not with the if if they're not going to be with the A team at this point in their careers, they shouldn't be with the B team. Yeah. That's kind of that's my kind of my my general consensus on on them because everything flowed through them, and that's exactly why talking to Benjo afterwards, and he was just like, I didn't send coppers to this tournament because I know as soon as coppers is in there that everything is going to go to him. And I wanted to see what those guys could do without him. And that's exactly what we saw on the American side of the court. Yep. So uh, we'll see down the line how much our two respective teams really got out of this tournament, but we got to introduce us some of these names. Maybe we'll see them in the future. Maybe not. Uh, I think that's kind of it. And we'll talk more about Cuba next week as we preview world championships. Yeah, uh, I do, I any, do. Anything else about Pan Am? Yeah, just two things. Uh, yeah. First and foremost, best version of Mexico I've seen in a long time. Great point. Um, very the it's it's a completely new team from the team that i last saw uh in january of 2020 qualifying for the for the olympics um they were missing their setter pedico hengel who is an absolute legend one of probably in my eyes one of the most underrated international setters over the past 10 years if he had played anywhere other than mexico he'd be much higher praise but it is what it is but this mexican team is a lot of fun to watch they've got live arms on all three pins they're not they're not big big like especially in the middle they're not big but they're not really small everywhere they got sizable guys on all on all three pins they've got live arms on all three pins and they play defense like little spider monkeys they are just (laughs) all over the place and pick up everything they were so much fun to watch honestly it was kind of heartbreaking for me because I really wanted to, to for, for them losing the quarterfinals against against Chile because I really wanted them to see them play against Cuba. I think they just would have made things annoying for Cuba yeah. that would have made them ramp things up a little bit. Like I could see of all the teams there, Mexico taking a set off of Cuba just because of the way they played and just because like they they would be they would be annoying with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I if Mexico wasn't in such a deadly pool, there with like it's like Brazil the. Brazil, U.S. and Poland. It's Poland, USA, and Bulgaria. They have Bulgaria, no not 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 Brazil. Yeah, they have absolutely no chance. So, but honestly, big ups to Mexico. Once they start figuring out like their Jekyll and Hyde, I mean, they the, the set two against Canada. They lost twenty five thirteen before coming back to to win it. In they won the match team. in five, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, they they went from losing twenty five thirteen to to pulling off the reverse sweep. So, like, they just got to figure that out. Uh, and on the other side, Puerto Rico. They've gotten a lot over. They've gotten rid of a lot of dead weight. No more Maurice Torres. No more of a few other guys. Um, they've got this kid, new kid Lawrence on the on the right side. I know he started the season with LBSU and then uh, left because he wasn't uh, eligible. Um, from all intents, like he was hands down their top scorer. I mean, he was dropping 20, 20, 20 in multiple games. Was serving people off the court. Really, really physical on the right side. And everything that I'm hearing is that he's going to be heading to Milan this Milano this year to go. Uh, wow. Back up. Be the backup over there. So that's a huge, a huge, huge pickup. Like honestly, I'm not going to say they're not going to miss miss not having Gabby Garcia because obviously with the player of Gabby Garcia's talent, you're going to miss that. But it does kind of like like. With Lawrence and Garcia there, I could hundred percent see that being a budding, a budding issue between like two potential star right sides. And everything I hear is that, uh, you know, like Lawrence is the son of a of a former Cuban volleyball player. Obviously, Ronnie Ronnie let us let us know that one. Um, you know, when he left LBSU this year, he actually went to go back and play for his father, who's a professional coach back in Puerto Rico, uh, and he also has the same agent as Simone. So yeah. Looks like he's going to be heading to uh, Milano. Uh, very, this year. very interesting. And Puerto Rico, by the way, has, in my opinion, by far the easiest yeah. pool at World Championships. Yeah, they've got Serbia, Ukraine, and Tunisia. 
So Cliston Lawrence is a Cuban-born American citizen playing for Puerto Rico. So he could actually play for you guys before Gabsia. I mean, maybe not anymore, but uh... <laughs> uh, interesting. Okay, that, that that that's good to know. I didn't pick up on on that kid's performance that time. But yeah, those 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 would be like Mexico. I think is going to be a lot more fun to watch than they have been in in past years. I'm really glad that they've this this new group is just a lot of fun. And the same thing with with Puerto Rico. I think with Lawrence, they really have a guy who like it looks like he's already playing for Puerto Rico. He wants to play for Puerto Rico, and and why not run with him? Cool. Okay, and then, uh, of course, the classic Volleyball Source Baseline highlight videos are, are already halfway here on this YouTube channel. The rest are still coming, so uh, I'm really excited yeah. to see those, especially as we get to those like semis and finals. That uh, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing USA-Canada, even though I know the result, and I'm not going to like it, yeah. but uh, that match is going to be fun to watch. I do. Rob already knows, but I do have some bad news about those videos. There was one day um, it made me very sad, uh, but basically on Thursday... Um, uh, as I was right after the USA Cuba game, as I was, and I had just done a interview with co- head coach Andy Reid, I was pulling the camera out or the card out of the camera, and it got hit by a ball of, from some kids peppering, uh, and it unfortunately corrupted that card. And then the card wasn't good, and I didn't know it seemed fine, and it also corrupted. It didn't work for the game after that, the Canada Brazil game. So I do have video for those games because I was able to get it, able to get it from the uh, scouts, but unfortunately, no um, baseline um, from the court. It's gonna be baseline view, but not from the court videos for the Brazil or Brazil versus Canada and USA versus Cuba, which is which is a little heartbreaking. But yeah, that is a bummer, but at least we got the later on matches and you can find all those here on the Volleyball Source YouTube channel in the next week or so as Everett cranks through some editing. It's 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 going to take a while. There was 22 there was 22 games in total, Rob, and I've done four so far. So <laughs> it's going to be the next few weeks or, or so. That's uh, okay. Uh, keep pumping yeah. them out. We'll, we'll, we'll take the views. We'll take the algorithm, especially as we jump into covering World Championships next week, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, let's let the people know about our two favorite sponsors before we move on. A couple like random smaller storylines the rest of the show. Uh, Everett, talk about that volleyball.store for us. Absolutely. Guys, if you want to look good like me, look good like Rob most of the time. He's wearing Purdue right now, which is just a slight step down. But not that college not, season. Not that much. It is it is college season. University you know, season. Rush rush talk has been all, all over TikTok. Um but yeah, if you guys want to look good like me, and if you guys want to support us, maybe make sure, you know, make sure that we go to other events like Panam Cup, give you more baseline footage. Uh head over to that volleyball.store. You can find all of the official uh spicy volleyball merch, nine by nine merch. We've got the Make Volleyball Great series. We've got a few other things uh that are posted up up there as well. And uh yeah, make sure to head over to that volleyball store to support us. And uh the other important place that you should absolutely go is Bet US. Of course, yeah. If you head over to BetUS, if you use this link just down below, use the code VOLLEY125, you're going to get 125% deposit bonus from BetUS. That means you put in $100 and you're going to get 225 It is literally free money, right? And let's be honest, you want to get on your betting game. As Rob said, college season is upon us. The NFL is almost here. Baseball is getting serious, right there's so much there's so much going going on so bet us they've been around since 1994 that's why they're they're america's favorite sports book so head over to bet us use the link below enter volley 125 you get a bunch of free money and have some fun betting on some sports very well said and we've got world championships coming up you could definitely bet on that oh, so yeah. speaking of world championships got a couple other headlines to get to with that we also have this stupid waste of a time tournament euro volley qualifiers Oh yeah, Some I did see this. Yeah, CEV events like it's it's weird. It's got like couple pools of three, couple pools of four. They play like a double round robin in their pool, and if you finish high enough, you get a berth in Euro Volley next year. It's just a very like why why are we playing this tournament? We play enough volleyball. You're running these teams into the ground. Like Turkey in particular is playing this tournament there. I mean, they just played Challenger Cup. They're about to go play World Championships. You just like just saturating these teams with matches. However, Turkey did lose one to Denmark, which is very weird. You shouldn't lose to Denmark, and they did. So I guess that was kind of interesting. I know there have been some people in the Discord talking about this. I have This is not on my radar in any way until uh, Turkey lost a five-setter to Denmark. That was weird. My take on this is it's too much volleyball. It doesn't need to be played. I don't think they had their A-team there. Like I, I, I just like Umgio was there. 
No, it, it was it was his oh, legumes. Yeah, it was it was the other legumes. Yeah, yeah. Because wow, I they tricked I me. I actually saw I tuned into this match real quickly, and it was one one at that point, and. Uh, I just found it funny. They're playing in middle fart um, Denmark, and that's where a, a few Canadians have, have been playing recently. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a little Legumja. And I don't think there other uh, other Legumja was the only name I recognized on the roster. And it wasn't, it was M Legumja, not A. Yeah, Mirza. Okay, yeah. well, whatever. Uh, this turn's happening, whatever. Uh, go to the CV's website if you're interested. Uh, yeah. There's a much bigger tournament coming up, Everett. There's a much, much bigger tournament coming up. Nine days until the 2022 men's world championship is very very close it starts next thursday i think next thursday what's august 26th next friday uh next friday so uh, 10 days north american time next friday we get world championships so next week on this show next week next tuesday we will have a very very full world championships preview show and i'll talk about sort of our content schedule in a second but a couple headlines as we go in um you saw on the thumbnail of this video, you saw this man. You saw this man. You saw Wilfredo Leon, uh, Leon, the best player in the world in his Polish national team jersey. Now, there's been a lot of speculation about this after he had that minor knee procedure after the end of his club season in Perugia. We knew we weren't going to see him in VNL. We knew that uh, World Championships was 50-50 for Wilfredo Leon at best. But then the last week or so, they were saying like, <laughs> they were saying like oh, yeah, he's going to be ready. He's going to... He's going to be good for like the knockout stages of world champs. And then it was looking like he was going to be on the roster because he was in the gym training with the team. And then they announced, nope, we're shutting it down. No Wilfredo Leon at the world championships. We'll have to go this great tournament without getting to watch the best player in the world. That is sad. Yeah, it's sad. Um, but it's a, like I, I expected it. Me too. I, no point did I ever think that he was actually going to get back for world championships. I think that's one of the things that you have to say, but the reality is that like that, that, that turnaround for them is, is real, real quick. And on the opposite end, like, let's be honest, Poland doesn't really need him. Like that's absolutely astonishing to say for a player like Wilfredo Leon, but whatever Poland has going on, but straight up though, it's not like he helped them win last year. Or you know, it's like it's not like he helped them win at Eurovolley. It's not like he helped them win at the Olympics. It's not he like he was helped the them best win. player in that Olympic Games, and it wasn't even close. And the rest okay. of his team you, blew it. You you are right. Let's, but... let's let's not gloss over that. Just because I mean, <laughs> you can't discount the best player in the world who played his best volleyball at the biggest tournament last year. That he has he, no blame for any of Poland's shortcomings. Falls on Wilfredo Leon. Exactly. None. So they need to fi- they need to figure it out within themselves, right? And let's be honest, that o- roster is still a roster that could win a world championships. Their problems is more than volleyball, right? Their problem is more than X's and O. Their problem is more than execution. It's all up here, right? And it's something within the ethos of Polish volleyball. But then again, let's be honest, world championships, they are the two-time defending world champs. Right, they did win in 2014. They did win in in 2018, and they are the hosts once again in 2022. But I, I, don't, I really don't think they need him. Like, look at that roster, right? The like, roster, I think it's- roster is nasty, and we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it. I don't want to uh, double up on what we're covering here, but I, I, I don't think I can get on board with the argument that oh no, you don't really need the best player in the world. He's best player in the world, and there actually is a little bit of uncertainty about their second left side position. Like across from Camille Semenyuk, I was I'm not I'm not that like convinced of who their second starting outside is. They've got a lot of good options. I don't know which one I would pick right now. And I think whoever that person is, his leash is going to be kind of short. And if you had oh, Leon and Semenyuk, there would be just no question for the whole tournament. So, uh, but just as a fan, this is a bummer. Uh, I love Wilfredo Leon. I would That's love true. to watch him actually get to play in a major national team tournament or a world championship. The last one he played was when he was 16 with Cuba in 2010. So you're right. You're right. Uh, it's been a while. It's been we'll a while. have to wait until 2026 when he'll be, I think he'll be 33 at that point. I'm sure he'll still be playing, but a uh, long gap to see Wilfredo at the world championships. We will not see him this year. Speaking of people who we will not see at the world championships, Mark Lebedew was fired by Slovenia. This let's wow. dive into this because they, this is spicy. Man, th- this might be the 
other than Bernardo Resende last year coaching one tournament with France and then choosing to walk away, I think this is the quickest hiring and firing of a national team coach that I have ever seen. And it comes with this- a guy who's very well respected, like Mark Lebedu. And I know we, we talked about Slovenia during VNL. They weren't as good as we thought that they were going to be or that they I'm sure that they wanted to be but with so little time in between that and world championships to replace your coach after only one tournament was crazy to me and it's uh his replacement I don't have his photo but it's that's none other than Georg Kritzu who just won Champions League with Zaksa Kedgers and Kojle so he'll have the reins for Slovenia at world championships and who knows for how long thereafter. But Everett, what are your thoughts on the, the very surprising early firing of Mark Lebedu? So this was a straight up firing. Firing. Right? This was this wasn't Bernardino walking away. This wasn't, right. you know, like contract, whatever. No, this was a firing. Slovenia has to pay a fine because they're changing their their coaching staff so close to the world championships. Is like, that true? Yeah, they have to pay a fine oh because they're they're God. like I th- and I think it's something serious. Like I think it's something like 20,000 euros. I don't Whoa. know if that's actually true. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just, you know, I've had a little bit too much on sun today. I've been at the beach all day. That's why I'm a little bit burnt. Um but yeah, they're they're paying a they have to pay a, for a fine for this. So this is not something that was predicted you know, whatsoever, right? Any stretch of the imagination. This, this is absolutely massive. For me, the only way something like this happens, like it, a poor result is one thing, but it has, it, for some, like for me, it has to be a poor result with the players coming together being like, we do not want to play for this man. That's the it only way, that's the only be. way I could see this going down, right? If Chabul and Earnout and The Rock get together and they go to the Slovenian Federation being like, we're hosting worlds. We do not want this man ahead of us. Then that, 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 that has to be now, maybe he's just a bit of a scapegoat in the situation. You know, I, I don't really, ha- really have any ties to the Slovenian team. Neither do you, we don't have a much of a Slovenian presence in our discord, but if you're out there, please come. We'd love to hear more about your beautiful country and, and, and volleyball culture. But this, this, you know, like maybe like this is a straight up firing. Like this is this oh is yeah, crazy. oh absolutely. And the, yeah, the the quote on World of Volley is the the federation estimates that some changes were necessary to fulfill our goals related to this world championship. Yeah, playing it at home, like hosting four out of the six pools, and apparently having to pay a fine for turning it over this late. It must have been something significant that came from within. I'm totally with you. It had to have come from Slovenia's core group of players. Otherwise, there's no way this would have happened. And and I understand if, if, if it did come from those core group of players that they maybe they had to make this move because their window is not going to be open for very much longer. It's 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 they have one window and it's right now. It's right now. It's right, right now. now. They, they they have to they have to if they're going to win a major international tournament, they might not even be able to do it in 2024. I know this group doesn't make it to Paris, right? Chabul and Earnout and 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 the rest. Absolutely not. Like this magical group that you've had from Slovenia for the past decade. 100 percent. They're this is this is the last this is the last breath for them. Yeah, so this is it, and I think that that's that's there. There's that urgency because of that, and that's which is why you make a move that's this drastic. But it is, it was crazy to me to read this headline, and I'm really curious now if we see Mark Lebedu, uh on the microphone at World Championships at all. I doubt it uh, because I'm not even going to be on the microphone at World Championships. So if he gets to be after just being fired, I'll be a little bit bitter. But uh, it would, I would certainly be interested to hear his thoughts from a very different perspective. Well. Let's be honest. We know who's in charge of that, uh, Rob, and we know how that person feels about Lebedu. So I would almost guarantee at this point that if Lebedu is not coaching, he's going to be on, on the mic. So uh, I'm sorry. Hey, trust me. If it was up to me, I'd have you in all the games and I'd just be by your side. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 not up to us and we have to. No, it is not. But yeah, it's, it, this, is, this is a remarkable piece of news to read. I was really surprised by this. It, it does. It it. I am kind of wondering, like, with, I, you know, maybe is, is Lebedu just past his prime, right? Like, when the last, like, like even with Friedrichshafen this year, they 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 struggled. Now he goes to Slovenia. They, 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 they overachieved. They, they, that team wasn't good. They they overachieved a little bit. But I I, I don't know. I I really don't know. It's kind of a. I've I've heard, and my perception of Lebedu is I've heard tremendously good things. I've heard. Mm not so good things like things that he's really overrated and doesn't really have it. 
from a lot of different places, both club and national team. And I, so I'm, uh, this is just a, another, another data point for a very interesting career that he said. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just a wild move from Slovenia. Like, I just don't understand why they, if they, if they weren't happy with him, why they just didn't do it right after VNL, right? That would have been the time. Not like, like they, like they must have been training and preparing for world champs. We're, we're 10 days out, 10 days out. I don't know, man. Uh, Very, very interesting. So we'll see how Slovenia does. We'll talk about them and every other team in detail on next week's show. And that brings me, Everett, to this. This is the schedule and the sort of layout. And we'll go over our plans on this show and just our general content plan for the World Championships. Because this tournament is an extremely big deal. Now, a lot of you who are watching this, uh, you're, you're in the Discord, which you should all be. Uh, definitely join the Discord. The link's in the description if you're not already. That's going to be the place to watch every single match and just chat with everybody around the world about all the matches that are going on at Men's World Champs, which starts next Friday. But the, the tournament schedule is pretty simple. I actually think it's a lot better of a format than the women's is. It's because of the kind of last-minute uh, reorganizing is supposed to be in Russia. That was uh, changed for obvious reasons. Now it's co-hosted by Poland and Slovenia. Uh, format's a little simpler now. Six pools of four. Uh, that's played over the first six days. So from next Friday, August 26th, to the following Wednesday, August 31st. Just round-robin pool play, uh, 14 pools. That's pretty easy. We all, we all know how that goes. Then they'll take uh, two days to travel a little bit and jump right into single elimination bracket play. So none of this like second-round pools nonsense where your points Thank carry over. God. Yeah, thank God. Thank so, God. So much better without that trash, and we're going to have to deal with that for the women's later on this season. But uh, it'll go straight into a round of 16, and then it's uh, survive in advance from there. So uh, that's the schedule there on your screen. You've got like six straight days of action, then two days off, six more days straight of action. You get like four days of <laughs> round of 16, and then two days of quarterfinals, one travel day, then semis and medal matches. So a lot of volleyball, but it's really only about a two-week tournament from friday the 26th of august to sunday september 11th so really only 16 days start to finish so the sh- the schedule for this show a week from today we'll have a normal episode of the nine by nine same time same place next tuesday 7 30 eastern here on youtube just like always we'll have a very full preview of the men's world championships we'll go through all six pools we'll go through the, the some major roster decisions so as the teams name their 14 and uh, we'll pick who we think is going to make it out of pools. We'll do a whole preview show next Tuesday. After that, we're going to jump into this schedule here that you see on your screen. So it's going to be a little more sporadic and, well, not sporadic. It's, it's, it's intentional based on what's going on in the tournament. So after the first three... It'll, it'll be more than what we knew normally. Oh, way more, way more. Yeah. And like if, if you watch this cover... It won't be VNL Ottawa more when we're yeah, so today. But... It, it won't quite be VNL Ottawa level because we won't be there. Uh, I won't be there. You won't be there. I, th- I think Dan will hop on and help us do some analysis. He's not going to be there. So we're going to, we're going to come on and do just a remote YouTube show just like this. Uh, but we'll do, we'll do several of them. We'll do six over the course of the tournament. So the first one will be Sunday, August 28th. That'll be like right in the middle of pool play. So after three days of pools and with three more days of pools, we'll do a show in the middle. Then we'll do a show on Wednesday, the 31st after pool play is over to wrap up pools, preview the round of 16. We'll do a show on Sunday, September 4th, after the first half of round of 16 matches are played. So that'll be four matches, and then there'll be four after that. Then we'll do another show on Tuesday, September 6th, after uh, the final eight are set. We'll do another show on Thursday, September 8th, after the final four are set. And then we'll do one final show on Sunday night, September 11th, after the medal matches. So we'll know the winner by that point then uh, we'll probably take that following Tuesday off because we'll deserve it by that point. But uh, yeah, that is, that's the schedule here on YouTube. Six shows uh, and tons and tons and tons more content on both Instagram, uh, your Instagram ever at Volleyball Source, my Instagram at rstclair1, and then the website, volleyballsource.ca. We're going to have daily, really steady, consistent updates on both of those platforms and then the couple uh, live YouTube talk shows in between like i just mentioned so that is the plan for world championships it's a lot but we're gonna we're gonna nail this coverage uh, yeah i'm i'm stoked for it i mean let's be honest i think we should need to go out there and just make uh volleyball world a little upset that they haven't uh, hired us and 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 brought us along because uh you know 
the real ones know that the, 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 where the coverage is going to be at, and, the, the and that's going to be know. it's actually going to be here on Volleyball Source. Actually, I've, I was kind of also thinking maybe I might do a couple of like uh, watch-alongs on like live on Twitch or maybe live on the uh, uh, on our channel here, just like as, as I'm watching the game, just have some reactions, have some chats, just to just to see how it goes, just to, just something like a little informal. Love it. So and yeah, so get in the Discord for sure. Uh, the Discord is a crucial like fundamental place for uh, consuming world championships. Uh, the link is in the description. And then here on YouTube, we'll have a bunch of shows in like in the evenings, North American time. So uh, we don't know exactly what time yet, but after all the matches are done that day, we'll hop on, do shows. Uh, I'll be putting out a bunch of Instagram reels. Like I'll probably do one every day, just kind of like I did in the Olympics last year, just reacting to what went on with pools that day. Just get on for a minute, talk about the day's matches bunch of stuff that you'll be able to read on the website just graphics on instagram all sorts of stuff so uh and everett you and i have been critical many times of volleyball world's own coverage of their own events uh we wish that they would do stuff like this they're not going to do it we know that so literally the best place to follow along with the entire tournament events world championships is here the whole volleyball source network all the platforms and then my personal instagram as well and then, hey, if you want to come and help us out too, we'd love we'd love some help. You want to write some articles, especially sure. writing. Yeah, anybody who you wants want to, to write, write, you want to write some art- articles. Sure, absolutely. You want to help? Uh, maybe some social media stuff. Let let us know. Um, well, we're we're gonna be having a little bit of budget here in the next in the next few days. I was even talking about it, Rob. I think it's time that to hire uh, a, a Discord man, yeah, a Discord, Discord moderator. Mod. Or, Good problem or two, to have. It's or, gotten or to that two level. Or three. Yeah, it, it's gotten a level. Ronnie, no, like it's it's already a no, man. Like there's no <laughs> way we could. It, I saw Ronnie, uh, um, who was it? Oh, it was Madam Melcan. And I was just, there's absolutely no way I'm letting you be a mod. We no, need no someone. Chance. We we need someone. And uh, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll do some interviews. We'll do some like Zoom, Zoom, some Zoom interviews to 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 get some people in there because yeah, I feel be like fine. we're gonna have, I feel like we're gonna have a bit of an influx of people watching World Championships. You I know, think what, we are. I think I think there's gonna be a lot of people watching this show, watching all of our coverage. A lot of people that are gonna come in from the baseline highlights from Pan Am that are gonna find out that we're the best place to follow World Championships. It's it's gonna be a big couple of weeks for us in Volleyball Source. So. Uh, yeah, this, absolutely. Yeah, this is the schedule. We'll put this on Instagram very soon. Uh, but so same time, same place next Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. So next Tuesday, seven thirty p.m. Eastern, just like normal. We'll preview the whole tournament and then we'll dive right in and be all about the coverage from afar. But every day on various platforms, you'll be seeing us. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked too. I'm stoked too. World Championships is a dope tournament. I, uh, it's it's cool because I, I, I've asked some players about this. I've I've gotten an interview a handful of, like older USA legends. I talked to Ryan Millar one time who won oh, gold nice. and who won gold in '08. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, a question that I like to ask some of those guys that have played the at the really highest levels of national team tournaments. I'm like, what's the hardest tournament to win? And I, I I usually ask between World Champs, World Cup, which I don't think exists anymore, and then the Olympics. Yeah. And uh, so World, I think Loy Ball always said World Cup because it's a it's a straight up round robin. There's no playoffs. If you lose one game, you might be done for the tournament. But Ryan Millar emphatically said that World Championships was the most difficult tournament to win. And I think that might have been under that old dumb format with like the two pools and the carryover of points and all that stuff. But this tournament with this format, this is going to be difficult to win because you've got to make it out of pools. You've got to get a good seed because everybody other than the host, which will get the one and two seeds, like so Poland and Slovenia, if they make it out of their pool, will get the number one and two seeds in the bracket. Everybody else is just straight up reseeded from three to 16. So the matchup you get in the bracket depends on how you finish in pools. And it's just single elimination from that point. So this is not going to be an easy tournament to win. And oh, whoever gonna, gets it's gonna, there, it's, it's going to be cutthroat, man. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be truly cut, cutthroat. I'm really, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a good one. Absolutely. So next Tuesday, again, right here, normal episode of the nine by nine. will be uh, previewing the entire tournament, letting you know what to expect. And then we will be diving in head first with all kinds of coverage. Once first serve happens on Friday, next Friday, August 26th. Cuba, Brazil to kick us off too. Like, Incredible. what a way, what Incredible. a way to start. Like, you Incredible. know, like, oh, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on it. I'm gonna go to Bet US right now and bet on it. Bet on that game now because I, I, I bet you Cuba's line is gonna be way under Brazil's. And I, I, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really upset that that's at four in the morning my time. Uh, but I'm gonna as soon as I wake up that Friday, I'm I'm putting on the replay. I want to watch that whole thing. All right. Fair enough. Are you gonna go to work that day? You wanna, uh, you wanna... Hope not. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see about that. That's next. No, oh, that's that's Labor Day weekend for here in the states. We'll have that following Monday off. They always like to give us half days on the Friday before that, so I'll be able to pull something off. Okay, cool. Let's 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 watch that then for sure. Absolutely. So uh, is is that it, Everett? Anything I else before it. we we leave the people for a week and then dive right into World Champs? No, I think I think that's it. Um, be uh, patient with the uh, Pan Am Cup videos. My goal is to have one per day. I don't know if that's even possible. There's just like there's a lot of work to be be done there with with, with editing those videos. Um, but uh, but yeah, be, be patient. I'm gonna prioritize certain ones before other ones. Like I'm sorry, the uh, seven eight place match is probably gonna be the one, you know one of the last ones that we're gonna do. So we're gonna prioritize you know the actual road to the finals and obviously Canada and, and USA matches. But uh, yeah, just be patient with those, and they're they're gonna come they're gonna come as they come. They're gonna come as they come. They'll be right here on the Volleyball Source YouTube channel. So we will see you next week for the nine by nine World Championships preview show, and then all the awesome content after that. Uh, so we'll see you in the Discord, and then we'll see you right here, same time, same place, next Tuesday. Peace. Thanks for watching.